This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. It's blazing hot outside. You get in your car to turn on the AC to get cold air pumping, but it blows hot air out. This issue is commonly caused by low refrigerant due to leaks in the AC system. You want an easy, all-in-one solution. That will restore the cold air in no time. AC Pro Recharge Kits. Make restoring cold air easy for even those with zero DIY experience in less than 10 minutes. Save time and money versus going to a shop by picking up an AC Pro Recharge Kit today. Be a pro with AC Pro. You're listening to Season 1, Episode 31 of the Fly the W670 Podcast, and we're calling this one Red Assed. All right, here we go. This is going to be a really, really fun episode because it's two of our podcasts in one. Garlic Fries and Baseball guys, Mark Willard. Crawley is with us in Chicago for the Fly the W podcast, and we're going to get together because these two teams are getting together except for Crawley. I know when I circled this, and I'm coming, by the way, I'll be at Wrigley Saturday, which I'm really excited about, but when I circled this and I bought the flight, I was expecting a little bit more uh, playoff drama uh, intensity in this series than uh, than we're going to get. Yeah, you know, I, I was I was surprised when I looked at San Francisco this year. I watched that season you guys had last year, and I was like, man, you know, everyone's talking Dodgers and Padres, and San Francisco inserted themselves into the conversation. And so, you know, interested to see what was going to happen with you guys, and, and and you've had a year that probably isn't what you expected to begin with for the Cubs. You know, this what we knew right away coming into this season that this was going to be a tough one to stomach. You were looking at 90 to 100 losses, and that's roughly what they're on pace for right now. Well, I'm fascinated by it. First of all, you're totally right with what the Giants fans were hoping for and what they got, and and there's actually um, some some distaste and anger uh, from the fan base that we've rarely seen through the years. They've dealt with losing seasons like any team, but um, this particular group has kind of rubbed the fan base raw, which we can talk about a little bit, but I – I'm certainly interested, especially because of those three trades that the Cubs made last year, one of them coming to San Francisco and Chris Bryant's experience here as a team is going through any kind of a rebuild, um, you know, talking about financial issues. There's a lot of that with the Giants right now. They've fallen down to 13th in payroll. Um, I think our city expects them to be in the top 10, and I'd expect the same for a Chicago club. These are two of the biggest markets in America, and so – um, I, I think our Giants fans are expecting a lot of money to be thrown around this offseason. And so I'm curious how Cubs fans are still sort of reasoning with what what your franchise did last year in sending out its three most popular players and, and kind of saying that money was the reason. Well, we, we looked at it and, 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 and the extensions didn't get done. And, and if you looked at the calendar for all these guys, for arbitration, for contracts coming up, it just so happened that everybody came up at 2020. And so the assumption here in Chicago was, OK, we got one last run at it. Right. And, and, and let's see what happens. And the hope was, you know, keep one of the three, maybe two of the three. You know, Anthony Rizzo was a guy that really was there during that whole transition of the Cubs being 
a laughing stock to being world champions. He's the guy who catches the final out. So you figured some combination of two out of three, but before the season starts and people forget this, they traded you Darvish to San Diego. Yep. And so, you know, right away, Hey man, nobody is, is, is trying to win a, a division by trading their ACE. That doesn't happen. So you, it right away, that was just like the white flag. And so when that trade line deadline came, it was Rizzo that got dealt first and that just shocked all of us. And then goes Javi. And then that ended with Chris Bryant, right? We thought maybe Bryant made it through the deadline. That was right at the last minute. But, but that was, that was, you know, it was shocking, I think, for everybody. It, it, was, it was shocking. And, you know, all of a sudden, the, the, this, this team that accomplished what all Cub fans, you know, those who were with us, those who were no longer with us, dreamed of, just faded away really quick. And, and for, 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 you know, you guys got the 49ers and you, you, got, the, you got the Giants and you had the even-year magic. When we were talking about the Bears with the Cubs, we're like, please don't be the 85 Bears where you just get one championship and be done. Let's yep. hope that this team can really do something and put together a nice run. And unfortunately, it didn't happen. Now, that, that's tough to look at. And, and the other thing that we dealt with is, is cost cutting, like you said. But it was not only with the player's salary, but scouts, people that were working behind the scenes at Wrigley. Mm -hmm. So it was – it was, it was a, it was a bloodbath. It was, it was awful. And, and so, you know, I'm trying to, you know, now that it's all kind of passed and you're taking a look at it, you know, looking back in hindsight, you're angry at the time that it happened. And again, still, I feel like Anthony Rizzo should have retired a cub um, with Javi. There was questions about, you know, how long his game was going to, you know, he, he's such a physical athlete, such a freak. He does things that most people can't but you wondered how that was going to age over a long-term contract with Chris Bryant, who you guys know very well, you know, there was no question about how good he was. It was just always injuries. And it was one of those things that, you know, over the course of 162, you're going to be banged up, but it seems to me like he never played his best unless he was a hundred percent healthy. And that's hard to do over 162. Yeah, no doubt. And I mean, Chris Bryant, I think there's two things that come up when you say everything that you just said, um, it's interesting that you sort of say there was no question about, you know, who Chris Bryant was and who he was going to be. The popular thought here is that the Giants, because he he was good. It wasn't great. It was good at first. It was, you know, it was solid, like his his short stint with the Giants and and certainly with with where their offense is, the fans wanted him back. But it seemed like from an organizational standpoint, they felt there was a lot of athleticism in his swing and that it wasn't necessarily going to age well. Um, they did. He said this publicly. They've offered him a contract. They wanted to do two or three years. The Rockies offered seven, and, and the Giants just were not willing to have Chris Bryant on their team past his 35th birthday. And, and so I wonder if your perception at the time of discussing an extension was any different uh, than, than that about Chris Bryant. So when we had some extension talks, and it's been one of these arguments between both camps, we had a, a Chicago uh, reporter report that there was an extension north of $200 million. Brian's camp has pushed back and said that wasn't offered. And so there's a lot of – there was a lot of little things that were bad blood. I mean, the Cubs don't have the greatest relationship with Scott Boris. 
and with Chris Bryant, um, there was the service time manipulation right. where they called him right. up a little bit later so that they could get the extra year of control. And so there was, so there, Chris filed the grievance against the Cubs that, that took years to get done. So there was always kind of this feeling that it just wasn't going to get done with Chris for a multitude of reasons. And that was tough because, you know, you got a guy that came in, he was the minor league ball player of the year for the Cubs. He was rookie of the year for the Cubs. He was MVP of the year for the Cubs. And so you're thinking to yourself, this is the chosen one, the one that that's going to bring the Cubs, you know, all, all, all the accolades and all the glory. And, and again, it was, you know, he's a really good player. He's a really good player, but the amount of money and the amount of years and, and the health concerns, I think are what really kind of, you know, like I said, I think a lot of people wanted to keep Javi because he's electric and he's fun and Anthony Rizzo was a guy that everyone loved. And, and Brian, it was almost like you were just, you know, resigned to the fate that it probably wasn't going to work out just based on kind of some of the bad issues that occurred earlier. Yeah. And then obviously you look at what's happened with the start of his, his Rockies career. And it's exactly what everybody would worry about, which is that it's been injury riddled. He's hit over 300, but it's only been 160 at bats. He's only got five home runs. And that's the start. Like when you look at that and you think now they've got six more years of this, I mean, just as a quick aside, the Rockies signing of Chris Bryant, to me, underlies that they've got to be one of the most mismanaged organizations in all of baseball. Like, why do you you huck Nolan Arenado and Trevor Story out the door because you don't want to sign those contracts? And then you turn around a second later and you do one of those contracts with Chris Bryant, and then he's injured for most of the first year. And it's like, my gosh, if you're a fan of the Rockies, you got to be thinking – this is the stupidest approach to this whole thing. Like, I don't get it. Well, I don't feel sorry for the Rockies because they just handed over Arenado to the Cardinals. So thanks right. a lot, Colorado. Appreciate <laughs> that one. <laughs> and then the other thing, which I, this is what I really am fascinated by. Cause I can tell you this, you know, the giants fans West coast, we do not have the reputation of riding in the streets and screaming on sports talk radio when, when things are, are not perfect. But I can tell you this, I don't think, I've ever seen, and I don't think I ever will, the San Francisco Giants organization, if you want a title and then within two years shipped out all your best players, I mean, fan base gone. Like, absolutely. Like, that would be, to me, that is unacceptable, especially to cry poor when you're in such a major market and you have such a healthy fan base. It, it's wild to me that the Cubs – did that and 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 i i wonder how the fans have sort of reckoned with that because that would not that would not go over okay here well chicago fans are pretty loyal and 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 you know i mean this you know, the 2016 team 2017 they make it to the nlcs 2018 they lose in game 163 and then they go to a tiebreaker lose that immediately 2019, they don't make it. They fade in September. They had injury issues with Baez and Bryant. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. And Rizzo rolled his ankle really bad. And then 2020, they made it with that extended postseason, but got cleaned out by the um, 
Marlins. So what you saw like 17, 18, 19, 20, they made it the postseason all those years, but especially 18, 19, and 20, you started to see that development wasn't happening the way that you kind of expected it. And it was the same story in, in, in all of those postseasons that I talked about, especially 18, 19 or 18 and 20 and, and fading in 19, they were in it up until the end, but it, it was all of a sudden just the inability to generate offense in the postseason. And so the, the belief sometimes, and again, I'm not, you know, there's a lot of fans who have different opinions. Um, some people think that they kept on to that core too long, that they maybe should have shook it up a little bit earlier uh, if you remember, they had Nick Castellanos for a short time, and he absolutely okay. crushed it at Wrigley. Yep. And it was like, well, why didn't you sign him to a longer-term deal? Um, it, it, it just was weird that you couldn't get the extensions. And so I think if all of a sudden, let's put it this way, let's say Anthony Rizzo and Chris Bryant and Javier Baez were out crushing it right now, I think Cubs fan base would have been absolutely livid. But the fact of the matter is that all three of those guys are, you know, Chris Bryant had a good first half, but then what we worried about as Cub fans, he's had this back issue, this reoccurring back issue. That's reared its head in New York. With Baez, he's had just one of – Baez struggled in 2020, and they said, well, you know, he needs fans in there to get him jacked up. And then in 2021, he was off a little bit. And then all – so then there was a little bit of trepidation on that one. People still liked him because he was fun to watch. When when Javi's great, there's no more fun player in baseball. But when he's off – Oh Lord. And he's swinging at a, at a breaking ball in the other opposite batter's box. You're just going, Oh God, what's going on. And then Chris Bryant, what we all worried about was the injury history. So, I mean, nobody likes the fact that things are, that, that there have been, you know, they've gone cheap. And I think that you can start to see it with the attendance a little bit um, with the ratings for the Cubs marquee network, which, you know, is, is a relatively new network. Um, but I think that there is this groundswell of support that's going on a little bit right now for those people, you know, not everybody gets as deep in the minor leagues as I do, but you know, there are those of us that are aware that the Cubs are looking good, but there is that frustration because when Theo Epstein first came here, he said, we're going to tear it down to the studs. This is awful, but then we're going to, you're never going to have to deal with it again. And somehow here we are again, but at the same time, I think it's going to be, you know, the question is, is this a rebuild or a retool? You know what I mean? Whereas before you were talking 2011, 12, 13, 14, until you got to 15, where the Cub fans, I think next year, expect them to be competitive. They signed Marcus Stroman to a really a, a good team deal, I think. And they got Seiya Suzuki. So it was the first time in a while that the Cubs were actually competitive in picking up some free agents. Uh, Seiya Suzuki is someone I want to ask you about free agency, probably looming for Carlos Rodon as well. Want to get to all of those things and much more on this very special episode combo of garlic fries and baseball guys on the giants fly the W on the Cubs. Um, and let's continue and, uh, and get Dustin in here with us as well. And of course, both of us, both of our, our outfits, uh, welcome you to rate review and subscribe. All right, Dustin is in along with Mark Willard in San Francisco, Crawley in Chicago. Dustin rocking the shades, the buds, and uh, doing it all while driving. You want to talk about a good 2022 picture of uh, of either multitasking or being distracted. This is it. Yeah, I am uh, driving down the uh, Eisenhower right now, the good old Ike. Uh, just uh, left Wrigley Field, actually. Uh, decent little crowd there and say Suzuki just put the Cubs up, uh, three to two, but that's not, uh, that's not why we're here right now. Um, you know, Crowley pretty much nailed it. If the 
three guys the Cubs let walk out that door um, had not had been doing something worthwhile, I think Cubs fans would have a whole different attitude right now. Plus, as Crowley pointed out, some of the pieces they got back in these deals have already started to show that they're a little bit better than $5 scratch-off tickets. Now, they're not necessarily a lot of million dollars a week for the rest of your life, but they're somewhere in between. Um, so I think that's what Cubs fans are hanging their hat on right now. I mean, the offense was broke. Something had to give. Theo said that. It's just one of his famous drops we play all the time on the score. The offense is broke, and it was absolutely broke. The biggest guy that got away that they got absolutely nothing for and you would love to have right now is Kyle Schwarber. That's the guy who got away. That's the guy who they completely misjudged and mismanaged. Hey, while we're talking about these trades, I bet Giants fans would be interested to hear a little bit when you're looking about, as you said, what they got in return, uh, the minor leaguers that came to you in exchange for Chris Bryant. And I know Caleb Killian um, has actually had a cup of coffee with the team. It didn't necessarily go so well. I know his ERA is over 10 in, uh, in his appearances, but how, how are you rating the Chris Bryant trade uh, uh, you know, a year plus later? Well, there's, there's two guys that were really involved in the trade, and, and, and Cub fans are excited about both of these prospects. You mentioned Caleb Killian. I, I was there at his debut. I was in the bleachers. It was against the Cardinals, and he looked really, really good. After that, he had some bumps in the road, which you know you come to expect with young pitchers, and, and the Cubs are doing much better this time around than the last rebuild about pitching development. So Caleb Killian is a guy that Cub fans are ex uh, especially excited about. The other guy that you mentioned, it would have been Kevin Alcantara, and he is in uh, low A Myrtle Beach, but he's he has turned a lot of heads, and he is a guy that hits for power, and he, he plays a great outfield. So you have two potential pieces, one of them in Killian, who definitely should be at some, you know, whether he's going to be a starter or a bullpen piece. A lot of times with the Cubs, they like to use these guys as bullpen pieces first. Uh, you saw that this year with uh, Justin Steele and uh, Keegan Thompson. They last year they they played some. Uh, they had a more of a bullpen role, and this year they've been starters. So it wouldn't surprise me to see Caleb Killian in a a bullpen or maybe like a three four inning type role next year. So very excited about that. And like I said, Kevin Alcantara uh, Alcantara is somebody that is on a lot of people's radar, and I want to say he's he's in the top thirty prospects the Cubs have. So you know they're exciting young players. And the Cubs this time around are, are filled with a lot. Last time, you know, you could go through the Cubs farm system and you could say Glabar Torres and you could say Addison Russell and Kyle Schwarber and Chris Bryant and, and, and Eloy Jimenez. And you can go down the list, but what you couldn't do is you couldn't name any pitchers, okay? They didn't develop any pitching at all. And so that was what killed the Cubs is when these extensions and these, uh, you know, all the arbitration uh, issues came up is that they were spending so much, you know, they spent so little on those position players when they won the World Series, they put all their money towards pitching. But then you were expecting pitching to come up and it never did. And now you had to pay for pitching and position players that were all making bigger money because of arbitration and because of free agency. So this time around, you have a good mix of young pitchers and hitters. So in the tr Chris Bryant trade, you got a pitcher and a hitter. And 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 you look at it, these guys are going to come in waves where everybody with the Cubs kind of came up at the same time. All the young players came up end of 2014, 2015 and is when all these guys came up. 
And then because they needed pitching, they traded away a lot of other players and there was nothing to back that up. And so this time around, you see that these guys are kind of staggered in age, like 23, 22, 21, 19, 18, 17. And so there'll be more and more waves of talent. And like I said, that having both pitching and hitting in the minors, both developing strongly, I think that's going to help the Cubs a lot more in the future. You don't have to, you don't have to pay for the mistakes that you don't make by developing these players. Yeah. And I know also like giants fans will be interested and maybe not love the, uh, the news that, um, you know, we don't follow much minor leaguers once they leave the, uh, the program, but Alexander Canario, who was in that Chris Bryant trade as well, had 31 combined home runs in your minor league system this year. He moved from high A to double A where he spent most of the year and then has reached triple A and has a, uh, let's see, a combined OPS this year of 866. So pretty good. And that's something that could certainly lead to dividends down the road. And and the Giants fans got Chris Bryant and, and a playoff run, but it didn't go very far. So um, that's part of the uh, conversation as well.